In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. Welcome, everyone, to episode 32 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode we are going in the pits with Daniel Gomez, a professor in Texas A&M's Department of Kinesiology and Sports Management. Daniel, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, enjoying listening to your show. Appreciate it. Uh, I know that you have a very unique perspective on uh, on the sport of paintball, one that uh, I would be surprised if there's more than a handful of others in the entire country. So this is this is. I feel like we're going to learn a lot of new stuff here. So, Daniel, for those listening that maybe don't know so much about you personally, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? So I started, um, I grew up, actually, I grew up playing baseball as a kid. And then um, my dad got me into martial arts. And so I started with Taekwondo and then I got into Judo. And then um, through Judo, I had a friend who said one day, or probably about 12 um, he's going to go play paintball. And so I wanted to go with him. My dad brought us to our first time. Um, we actually played at survival games. So I know Bo talked about that was his first time back in the 80s. That was the, my first place. And then um, my dad buy me a gun. Got my first uh, gun. It was a VM-68 back when um, those were around and spiders were around. Played again. We played a third time at this field. Um, and the second time we played at this field, um, the owner there, uh, offered me and my friend uh, uh, a job, and we started working there. We were probably about 13, 14. Uh, I worked at that field um, almost 10 years, 
pretty much all through colleges, through college, through the weekends, um, summers we worked there. Um, he passed away uh, a while ago, but, um, and I think the field is closed now, but um, through that field I started playing, we started playing little three-mans at the field. We started um, in more uh, tournament-style paintball. Um, and uh, we got picked up by um, we, a five-man team. Um, we learned a lot, you know, early on. Um, started playing some of the series around there. We um, we played this one series, uh, the American Paintball League, the APL. Um, it was in the Woodlands down in Houston. The field's not there, there anymore. Planet Paintball. Um, we ended up winning that one, and then we had to. When we played in the GTS, we had to play in the amateur division. And back then, they had just added the novice division, so it was amateur and novice, and that's all you had. And so I've been around. Um, my first national event um, was about ninety six, ninety seven. Um, uh, was MPPL Vegas. So I remember playing out in the desert in Vegas. I was only sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. And that's a uh, that's a lot of history that you've been able to witness, and I'm sure that the game has changed a lot over the years. So, uh, do you remember some of the names of the teams that you've been on over the time? I think I started. Uh, you know, the first five men that we started down in Houston um, um, was called Blast. It's not relation to Bob Long's team, but uh, we called it Blast. Um, at one point, one of the, one of our members, he um, owned a field down in Houston, and so we played with him. He's a guy that we went to play Vegas with. We kind of joined with another uh, some other guys to play ten man down in Vegas. Um, from Blast, we um, I got into a team called uh, uh, Blackout, and that's when we really started to play. Um, you know, we uh, played at. The Mardi Gras, the PSP Mardi Gras, we started playing more PSP events. Uh, we won the PSP Mardi Gras, one of the last years they had it, in the amateur division. Um, and then uh, we played at Blackout for a while, um, and I um, moved on to um, one of the other teams that we had been playing against, Evil Odyssey, and that kind of transformed into Prophecy. Um, we were playing, at the end, we were playing mostly... Um, Five man at the PSP, but I, I was also helping uh, work uh, one of the trailers at the event. And then um, I had met um, John Jackson from Organized Chaos. Um, just kind of, I had helped ref the HRL. I know Bo talked about the HRL down in Houston. Um, I had met John. He used to, you know, hang out at the store. Um, the owner that owned the field that I worked at also owned a store. He hung around, and so um, you know, I had messaged him one day and said, "Hey." Um, are you guys going to play the MPPL? I, I don't have a team for the MPPL. And he asked, you know, are you able to commit? And I said, yeah, I'll commit for the whole season. I had just graduated college, and so I moved down uh, back to Houston. And so it was great because I could play with for a team in Houston. Um, and so I played with them for a few years. Uh, organized Chaos. Uh, yeah, and played for OC. And that's really, I had played, for, uh, played with a few other teams, but that was mostly the last team I played for. Well, oh, such a small world. It's crazy. Uh, like just learning all these stories and uh, all like how truly connected the scene like really is, even though at times it seems very segmented. Uh, just doing and over the course of the show, that's something like I, I started to try and like seek out all these different stories just to try and help connect uh, what felt to be a very like disjointed 
seen, but now I'm just learning, like, especially with, uh, the guys that have been around for such a long time, it's, it's, you know, everybody knows everybody pretty much at this point. Listening to Bose, he's, uh, Bose a little bit older and he started playing, um, like, you know, seven, eight years before me, but, um, a lot of the teams that he brought up and mentioned and played for, you know, I had played against them. I had met a lot of those guys. Um, I'm probably met a lot of people in paintball that, you know, they probably don't remember me, but it's interesting hearing his stories and remembering some of those guys. Um, and then hearing the newer, the younger guys talk about, um, uh, their experiences. Cause I've seen some of them and I, uh, you know, becoming a fan of paintball. I just follow, you know, I try to follow them now. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you kind of told us already about like how you first got into the uh, the game of paintball, but what was it that made you uh, want to start playing tournaments? I don't know. Um, the field I worked at, um, the owner, uh, he really wasn't uh, into tournaments or tournament players. Um, he did host a few small tournaments, um, but um, the owner there, Ben, he taught me a lot about working hard, about business. Um, he really catered to parties and birthday parties, um, rec ball, um, bachelor parties, church groups. Um, he realized that uh, for him, that's where he would make his money. Um, he wasn't a big fan of tournament players just because, you know, they always ask for discounts. They always um, beat up on the rec ball players, scare them away. And so he did have, you know, he's hosted like an HRL there or other tournaments there, but um, mostly he... he Worked on the um, rec ball scene, but I did get to play a little bit there. Um, just meeting other players, um, seeing paintball back then, and you know back then um, you either had to get your information from a magazine, you had to watch, you had to get it by a VHS to watch it. You couldn't just watch it on the internet. And so, um, growing up, you that's how you got all your paintball information. That's how you got your paintball style. You would watch a video, of some guy shooting differently, and you're like, oh, I'm going to try that. So you would try it, it worked or it didn't work. And um, that's kind of how I got into it, just wanting to play more, be part of a team. Um, um, seeing the other teams play and we would play against them. So that's kind of how I got into tournament paintball. Very cool. So, I mean, you've been playing tournaments since you said like 95, 96. So you're coming up on 30 years. The, and... uh, I'm 41 now, so there yeah almost I think the first the apl we won the apl we played in um i think we won 95 autocockers and they were still right hand feed and uh i i haven't seen uh it's been a long time since i've seen markers as prizes i know that like the xtpl stuff up at paintball fit they usually give an option of either you get cash or you get markers or like like your whole season paid for in a, a certain uh, tournament series or something like that. But like, just, I, I hear all these stories of like, Oh yeah, your first place, like for first place, you weren't getting several thousand dollars. It was always like autocockers or things like that. And then you would get like loaders or second or third and how, uh, like how the prizes have really gone up in the last couple of years. So um, besides prizes, obviously uh, what are some things that have, some other things that have changed in the Texas scene over, you know, over your long time being involved in it. Like why I, I like the evolution and, you know, seeing how Texas has really become a hotbed. I know a lot of your other guests have talked about it, how, um, 
see, you see a lot more, you see all the pro teams now, you see a lot more mm-hmm. divisional teams. Um, I remember one time I hearing a story about, um, you used to make fun of Texas because Texas teams would always put Texas in their name and that's how you knew they were from Texas. And, um, but now it's kind of, uh, you know, if you put Texas in your name, people know you're from Texas and you're probably pretty good. And so they don't, I don't think they make fun of us much anymore. But it's great to see all these new fields coming up, all these teams coming up and doing well. You know, the NXL and um, the regional tournaments that there are. That there are um, so more, many more options to play, which is great. Yeah, and uh, speaking to that point of, hey, if they're a Texas team, they're probably pretty good. I mean, looking at all these divisional finishes from bottom to top, at the NXL, you're you're finding several Texas teams on that list in the top three, usually in the gold medal spot. Um, and it's yeah, we always or not always, but uh, whenever we play the last couple of NXL events, we've kind of said like, oh, this is this is gonna be way easier compared to like our local tournament series because there's just so many good teams here. Sometimes, if you have such a deep a player pool, sometimes going national is actually easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not not to discredit anybody who's who's gone national and had success there. I mean, there's there's a reason. Like, if you can go over there and do it well, it's probably because you were able to do it well in Texas, and then there's just nobody that can beat you at that point. So, uh, this question is uh, brought to us by Hustletown Paintball, which is uh, brand by one of my friends, Jason Tinsley, over in Houston. Uh, head over to hustletownpaintball.net and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. So uh, you're now a professor with Texas A&M and you work for their Department of Kinesiology and Sports Management. So tell me about all of the different courses that you teach. Yeah, so I'm an instructional professor uh, at A&M. Um, we teach kinesis classes. Um, back when I was a student, I uh, started in 99, graduated in 04. Back when I was a student, you used to have to take um, kinesiology classes. There, you had to take four activity classes. Uh, one of them had a health lecture to it, and so um, all students were required to take it, and so we built up a great program. Um, and then later they cut it down to two, and then about, I think it was about eight years ago, they cut out the kinesiology requirement. Mm-hmm. And so um, in my department, um, we still teach a lot of activities, which is great. That means students love our classes, even though they don't have to take our classes. Um, we also saw it coming, and so we developed a, um, a science credit class. It's a three-hour class where you have a, an activity paired with the uh, health and wellness lecture, and then we also have the one-hour option. And students have to take um, nine hours of science. If you're not getting it through your degree, you can take this three-hour class, get your science credit, and do an activity, like paintball is one of them, yoga, strength training. Um, and we have a one-hour option as well. And the, um, the our, our just activity classes, um, students pay for 15 hours of tuition, even if they don't take 15 hours, so it's set tuition. And so they can take our activity classes without having to pay extra tuition. So it's a great option for them. Plus, most of them are pretty easy to get an A in, so it's a good mm-hmm. GPR booster. Plus, you get to be physically active. You get to um, learn something new or do something you already like to do. So it's great options. And we still do, um, between those three classes, we still do, you know, 9,000 credit hours a semester. And so they're popular. And so um, 
you know, there's uh, a bunch of us that teach in my program. And so I teach, I teach paintball as a, just the activity class, but I also teach it as the uh, three hour science class. So one day we play paintball. The other day we uh, were in the lecture room talking about health and wellness. Um, I also teach other classes, like I teach rock climbing, I teach um, judo. Um, you know, judo is my other main sport, so I do uh, judo, intermediate judo. Um, I teach um, a couple of kines majors, like workout classes. Um, teach a physical assessment class for kines majors. I've taught things like badminton. Um, I've taught a little bit of archery. Um, all kinds of activity classes. And that just sounds like a lot of fun. To be completely honest, I'd I'd would love to have the opportunity to just uh be able to teach others about like all these different sports and how to how to enjoy them. So what was it that gave you the idea of teaching a paintball class at the collegiate level? So when I uh when I was a grad student, I um I was teaching and then when I got hired full time in twenty ten, um I wanted to start classes that I knew. So I had already, you know, I've taught like uh, walking, I'd taught other strength training classes, boot camp, um, and so I had been playing a lot of paintball, so I thought, um, hey, paintball would be a great um, activity class to start. Um, I never met the owner of the field here in town, Zoom's Paintball, uh, Ryan, um, so I, I just emailed him and said, hey, you know, I'm a professor, I'd like to start a class, are you okay with that? He, had, he didn't even know who I was. And so uh, we met, and he was like, yeah, I'd love to have a class out here. And um, I um, set it up, didn't, you know, didn't really know at first how to do it, but I learned on the way, um, just learning on you know, what I knew from paintball. Uh, the very first, the first few times we taught it, I was teaching it uh, with reballs because I wanted to keep the, the costs low, even though it was outdoors, we would, you know, we would pick them up after every class and wash them and then let the next uh, next, let the next class use it, but the that was a good way to keep the the cost down. And so we've since moved on to actually using paint. It's still fairly cheap. Um, they have to pay a fee, um, but you can't play paintball. It's 110 bucks, and it's 10 weeks of paintball, and you can't get cheaper than that, really. And so that's kind of how I started the paintball class, um, asking the field owner to do it. And that's my uh... boss has been supportive. He's, you know, he's always supportive if, if uh, I've had an idea, put together a lesson plan, let him know. And then I've recruited another professor because paintball has been a popular class. So I've recruited another professor uh, who got hired and I said, hey, you know, paintball is popular. Would you like to teach paintball? He had never really taught a lot of, uh, never played a lot of paintball. So he sat in on my class. I kind of taught him how I do it. And then um, he's a great teacher already. And so he picked up paintball and he's been teaching um, paintball just like me. Wow. So do you actually have multiple sections going on at the same time during a semester? Well, we have two um, of the one hour activity classes. Um, right now I teach mine on Fridays. He teaches his on thir on Tuesdays. And then we both have a uh, the three hour science paintball class. And so we play paintball on Tuesdays and uh, we lecture on Thursdays. Got it. Uh, what does enrollment look like in any given semester? Paintball is pretty um, pretty popular. It's one of the uh, one of the classes that fills quickly, um, and so we cap our we cap our classes at about thirty two. That just that's about the class size that we want most of our activity classes at, which is great because um, students 
um, get a smaller class to interact with. A lot of their science classes, you know, if they take um, chemistry, they might be in a room of 300. Labs might be smaller. But this is also a way for students to get to know other people, work with people, get to know the professors on a smaller scale. Um, you know, A&M's got 73,000 students. We're the largest by population right now. So sometimes they feel like they're lost in the numbers, but taking our classes, they get to um, get to be in a smaller class. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what was, uh, I know you told us about whenever the, uh, like that core requirement went away, but uh, bring me back up a little bit to when uh, the course got approved for the first time. Like, tell me about that whole process of, of getting it approved and listed. The good thing is our class, the name of the class is Kines 199. And so it's, it's approved. Then we just can add um, the different activities as long as we stick with um, the requirements that were approved for 199s. And so our boss, the program chair, he's pretty good. If we have an idea, don't come up with the lesson plan, let's add it as long as you're um, a full-time wouldn't let me add it as a graduate assistant because, you know, graduate assistants are only there for a couple of years and then they leave. And so if um, there's nobody else that could teach it, they leave and the class is gone. So I had uh, been hired full time, so I was going to be here for a while. I just had to really just ask him, hey, can I start this? Um, talk about, you know, what equipment are we going to get? He was supportive of buying some, um, some markers and... Um, our first set, the field was really great about helping us out. Um, they store the markers for us. Um, they sell us the paint. Um, they, you know, they set up the field. Um, they get everything else that we need. And so the process for me really was easy because we have a great system in place already. Very cool. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, which is actually another kind of like paintball training regimen. This one by Colt Roberts of San Antonio X Factor. Uh, message Paintball Kumite on Instagram to sign up for a class. So walk me through what does the uh, the curriculum look like for a semester in your class? I'd love to get with Colt and just talk to him about some ideas or maybe um, take some of his classes to learn a little bit more. But um, So for our class, the activity class, um, a lot of people, especially that don't play paintball, they, they think, you know, how do you teach paintball? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of skill involved. And so we go through... Um, we just kind of go through a lot of the skills that you, you see in paintball. So we start with um, one, you know, first day is like how to hold your gun, how to shoot accurately. We go through all the equipment, make sure you know how to wear it properly, um, take care of your equipment. Um, and then we learn how to snap shoot. So what's good snap shooting technique. Um, I'm older school. Um, you know, I talk about, you know, there is other technique. If you watch other videos, um, a little bit. You, I've kind of seen the evolution of snap shooting uh, through mm -hmm. the years. We snap shoot against the barrel, then we'll we drill it, and then um, the second half of class we uh, we play games with the the idea that you learn this drill and then you can apply it to uh, some games. And so our class is actually two hours long, um, so we have time to learn something, do a little drill, and then get some games going. And then from there, we'll add snap shooting against uh, maybe a partner or and then we'll do some running and shooting. Um, we'll talk about, you know, laning. We'll talk about um, all, um, a lot of different skills. Um, we'll do some drills. Um, uh, we talk about communication the whole the whole time because um, 
two players, they really struggle with communication and talking with each other, especially since I'm mixing up the teams all the time. They don't have the same players, so mm. the communication part is, is big for them. And so we might do some drills that help them with uh, some com communication, maybe some two-on-fours, but where you have to just tag a, a cone or something. And so learn some skills, drill the skills, play some games, and then at the end we'll do a little intra-class uh, tournament. Wow. So, uh, I, I was under the impression that maybe it was, it was more so about like maybe different body mechanics that you use like running, sliding, uh, diving, things like that. But no, it's actually like, Hey, this is how you hold your gun. This is, uh, like going into more specific drills. That's really cool. Um, so with everything that you teach, like, are you seeing like whenever, uh, students finish your class at the end of the semester. Do you find that oh, this is just something like they get to go enjoy paintball a little bit more as a hobby now, or are you finding like any like start to get involved more in like a tournament aspect? I'm hoping um, you know just in general to grow Texas paintball or paintball in general, and so I've exposed you know I'm exposing at least like sixty students a semester paintball so you know over 100 students just myself and then the other instructor um so we're looking at like you know 200 students uh, a semester 400 students a year and so some of them they go on they you know they join the AM team or they maybe get interested in tournament paintball some of them might work at the the local field um most of them they're just they're just there to learn they're going to go play some rec ball um, but if we can get some to keep playing, that's that's great. Very cool. So, uh, do you know of any other um, any other programs like the one at Texas A and M in the country? And do you think that a paintball class is something more colleges should offer? I think activity classes in general, college should offer. I think we know that being physically active. Um, helps you live longer and you know some of our um, kind of our uh, our sayings in um, our physical education classes is lifetime fitness lifetime wellness lifetime health and so um is something that you could play for a long time um, maybe not at the high tournament level but you could always go out and play uh, you know rec ball be physically active and so that's something that we really encourage physical activity so I think paintball would be a great sport to add or activity to add in any college. Um, you know, every college, though, has their different, you know, setup, makeup, requirements. Did you guys have a um, E requirement at Texas? Uh, no, we did not. Um, we had so many requirements, but uh, I, I was also like a, in a sort of unique major, like I was a fine arts major. So uh, the requirements are a lot different there, but no, there weren't any PE requirements when I was there. So the state of Texas had, um, it was the Texas, it was the state of Texas that really removed the requirement because mm -hmm. they wanted you to be able to get the same core curriculum wherever you went in Texas. And that's kind of how um, it went away for us. And then um, we tried to keep it as a, like a graduation requirement, but they said no. But fortunately we're still doing we're still doing well. We're still teaching a lot of students. And so that's keeping us around. If anybody, if any other, I know we lost credit hours because when they changed that requirement, a lot of degrees were, you know, 140 credits and they wanted you to be out of here in four years. So they 
required all degree plans to be 120 hours, and so it's easy to cut something like PE. So you see that around a lot of colleges. Um, it's easy to cut PE. You see this in high school too. You know, if they need to cut something, it's PE. If they need to save some money, it's usually PE. Unfortunately, um, you know, we know that physical activity makes you live longer. And so it, it might be an uphill battle to add things, uh, add activity classes, especially like paintball uh, to um, colleges and classes. But if anybody needs help, let me know. We can, you know, I can help you. I can send you syllabi. I can, I can email someone. I can talk about, you know, how it's helped us. So it's something that we would like to grow, but unfortunately, it's what you see activity classes going away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be uh, interesting to see more of that around, like even at the high school level. I, I feel like that would be something interesting that a lot of people would get a lot of enjoyment out of. Um, so another question, uh, or before I continue with my questions, I should say, uh, for everybody in the chat, if you have something that you would like to ask Daniel, uh, go ahead and get your questions in the chat now. We will get to all of uh, the chat questions towards the end of the show. So uh, continuing on, this next question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. So uh, thus far in your paintball career, what has been your favorite single moment so far? It's hard to put it a uh, single moment. Um, uh, the biggest thing is just playing with friends. I've always felt like playing uh, in a group of people. Um, I, you know, my other sport is judo, which is you practice with other people, but it's an individual sport. And mm -hmm. so playing paintball, you get that camaraderie with the whole group of other people. Um, so, uh, you know, playing events is great. Winning events is great. Um, just being, having that team at atmosphere, is, I think is what's really great about it. That's probably been the biggest moments is just having other people around. Got it. Uh, how about, um, like, I, I guess I was going to give you an option of like, do you have like a separate moment as a, as a paintball player that you, that you remember the best, or maybe one as, as now a, a teacher? As a, so as a, you know, as mm -hmm. a teacher, it's always great to see your students do well. I have had the fortune of having some really great TAs. And so, um, try not to name drop, but, um, like Yashu from VCK, he was a T TA for me. Ryan Hall actually took my class and then he became a TA for me. Uh, Devin Stewart was a TA for me. And so it's really hard to beat those TAs. And then, you know, having them in class and then seeing them go play a professional event is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, me being on the Texas Longhorns uh, club team, back when they were all at Texas A&M together, it was not fun being on the other side of the field from those guys when it came to a tournament. So um, speaking of the club team, uh, Texas A&M does have a club team that back when the NCPA was around, uh, they were competing in. And recently, I think last semester, actually, uh, they started up again and now they're going to compete in the upcoming uh, HTPS event next weekend. So are you uh, or your class affiliated with the club team? No, I'm not affiliated with the club team. I have, I've, I've talked to them. 
Um, during our paintball class, we had some play days where we invite all of the paintball members, but any student or anybody that wants to come play. So we'll play on Friday afternoons. It's just something fun to do. We play all the different fields. We don't stick to just air ball. Um, it's a chance that I get to play with all of them. And so um, they've come out and played with us, and I've talked to them, you know, hey, if you need help, if you want some uh, help running drills or just anything, let me know. Um, back when I was in school, they didn't really have it. There really wasn't a team. Um, I graduated in December, and then so I and then um, Bunker Fest happened in the spring. I played with the A and M guys against Texas that first uh, time they had it at Bunker Fest. So I was able to play with them, um, but had already graduated. Um, the sport club team, the club team. Um, a lot of club teams you see them go up and down as they. Um, you know, they have officers, they do really good, but the officers don't often pass information down mm. to the next set of officers. And so then you'll see them kind of drop off. And I think that kind of happened with the A&M team. They had done really well. And it just so happened to that they had some really great players that happened to come to A&M. Maybe, uh, maybe I inspired them to come to A&M because I had played with, like, you know, Cam. And so Cam ended up being an Aggie. Um, but... Um, they were just, they just happened to be there at the same time. They did well. But then after that, you know, a lot of the information did get passed down to the next group. They had worked to become a sport club. And when you're a sport club, um, the sport club directors uh, kind of oversee it. Um, they mm -hmm. work for rec sports. Um, you get a stipend, so they give you money. They give you practice space. So they used to practice indoors uh, in our old building. And they tried to practice indoors in our new building, but they ended up moving to the rec center. Um, and they would practice on Sundays, and um, you know, listening to Ryan and Devin, they practice all the time. They were they were playing a lot, um, but after that, you know, when the information to get passed down, they weren't satisfying the um, what they the paperwork they needed to do to stay a sport club, mm -hmm. and so they were um, they stopped being a sport club, and then they were just a student organization, and so they have to they had to make sure that to um, stay a student organization, and so now they're building themselves back up. At one point at their height, you know, they would have, they had like 100 members. Not all of them were tournament players. Some of them were rec ball players. So they would get uh, groups to go play rec balls, scenario game. Some of them, they, they might have filled three lines for a local tournament. Um, but they're building back up. And I think they have a lot of members now. They just got to work on, um, you know, playing some tournaments, um, getting some practices in, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, it's... It's interesting how like the the death of the NCPA when COVID hit. I know it it like completely and totally killed the scene just because of all the different like at, no matter what university you went to, it was always a different rule on if uh you know club sports or you know activities could even gather. So like I know especially up in the Northeast, like no student organizations period were allowed to meet, whether it was like honor societies, like anybody. So, um, since then, we're pretty I mean, lucky during, we were pretty lucky during COVID. Um, we were still able to practice. So paintball seems pretty conducive even when, uh, during COVID, cause you're not really standing close to each other you know, where you're wearing a mask, you're far away. Mm -hmm. And so practice was where you were able to happen. So in, um, even in judo, we were able to have practices. They were smaller cohorts. Um, uh, when, COVID was the worst, we weren't allowed to um, have physical contact with each other, which was, um, which was different because we actually, 
we only had shut down the one semester and we went online, but then after that we came back to campus and we were able to actually hold judo class. And so you're holding on to each other, you're laying on top of each other. So for class we were fine, um, but then um, you know practice we weren't allowed to have contact. And so um, the paintball team probably could have survived and done well, but it didn't. It fell apart, and um, right. it's building back up. And so they're doing they're doing better. Yeah, I would love to see uh, more collegiate teams. I mean, Texas at one point had like 10 or 12 or even 15 teams, like all from different universities going at it. I mean, even on my current team, the Texas Titans, we have a lot of Texas Tech grads. I'm a Texas Longhorn grad. Uh, We've got a TCU guy. I think we have a a Baylor guy in there as well. Uh, Even uh, one of my teammates who I think he might be a student at Texas A&M right now. His name is Jeremiah. Uh, I know he played played with the Texas A&M club team uh, for an event or two. Uh, So I I would love to see like the NCPA start to make a return. So uh, I know you, you name dropped a bunch of guys already that have come through your class and come through the, uh, the club team. So you said like Ryan Hall took your class and then became a TA. You also had Devin Stewart. Uh, did you have any more other notable names? I mean, I know during Ryan Hall's episode, we are, we covered a lot of those guys, but who, who are some other people maybe that even if they're not pro, maybe they're still involved in the scene. Uh, Ryan and Devin, uh, you know, they went to school. They actually took my judo class too. I have a picture of them in judo geese working together. So that was interesting. Um, I know Ryan had mentioned some other Aggies that have gone through. Um, Yashu from BCK was there for a little while, but mostly those TAs. I haven't kept track of if anybody's gone through just the class mm. um, and has gone on to do well. I know there are some that have taken the class and play on the club team or are starting to play on the club team. So hopefully they get going. There have been other Aggies that play um, a, high, a high level as well, but maybe not students. Got it. Uh, so with, you know, the, the Texas A&M club team starting to build back up, do you have any opinions on, you know, the, the former NCPA or how, or if they can, or should make a return either on like a, maybe a, like a, just a state level or, or even like big picture going all the way to the national level? Well, I think college, uh, I think at the college age level, um, so important because there's such a transition um i think going to college is important and you can play paintball you don't have to go to college to make a good living there are other avenues to do it um but you know if you go to college you are more likely to uh, make more money and so being in college is important and so i think if we had a bunch of colleges that had clubs that would be great for texas paintball um, when I recruit for the judo team as well, I always talk about, you know, you want to, you want to do judo, you want to go to a place that does judo, um, but when you're done, you also have that education that you can fall back on and get a good job. And so there are going to be very few people that um, make it to the pro level in paintball. Um, and so after you're, you know, when you get that far, what are you going to fall back on? And so if you have a, a degree from a, a good college, and um, you've got that backup plan, and you can still you can still play when you have a job. I think if you look at most of the pros, they have a normal job, or, or they work in the industry. Mm. And so the co- I think the college age and 
is such a you know transition point so such a so important there that um it would be great to see even at least a texas um tournament scene and maybe maybe the clubs can just get together and say hey let's um well, let's run a little Texas series. Uh, you know, A&M hosts it one time. Texas hosts it. Tech hosts it one time. We'll just run a little Texas um, regional series. Um, in in judo, we um, we run. We used to run like state championship, collegiate state championships. We turned it into regional state championships, and so we get you know Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas. We run the regional championships, and then um, we we uh, we all go to nationals. And, and so we have that regional to nationals kind of thing. And so maybe if we get enough in Texas, start a regional thing. And if there's any type of national support or any other teams that want to do a national thing, I think it would be great. Yeah, I'd love to see it come back. I don't know if any other of uh, those colleges that used to have this, the club teams still have the club teams. Um, I was pretty much the last person that was – um, I was the president of the Longhorn Club, and I graduated in 2019. And uh, as far as I know, when COVID hit in at the beginning of 2020, like no one's been able to keep the team going or anything like that. Uh, I'm I don't know if is there's still other, a club. Is there still a paintball club at Texas? As far as I know, no. Um, there there very well may be, but as far and my brother's a student there now, and he. Yeah, I've I've asked him just like hey, just curious. Have you seen any anybody like you know tabling during those organization like tabling days? Uh, he said he hasn't seen anything. I know that uh, the Longhorn Club is a little bit smaller compared to clubs like Texas A and M and North Texas. Uh, so maybe there's some other uh, club teams out there, but uh, it's I I would like to see it come back because it was a very fun time. And also, like, that's where I got my start in tournament paintball. So, and a lot of other people that are now playing in Texas also got their start in NCPA or came through it at some point. So do you think, like, as far as the paintball industry as a whole, do you think there's anything that they can do or maybe more that they can do to bring in new players through the college setting? Well, I don't know what support they can give, but... Um you know, maybe we can get a list together of colleges that have clubs or, um, and so those that are interested in going to college and playing, they can see, hey, these colleges also have club paintball teams. And so you can decide, you know, I want to go here because it's a great school, but also because I could play some paintball. Um, you know, if your brother's at Texas and he finds somebody, maybe we can, uh, you know, get back and say, hey, how can we help mm. this thing up? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of alumni would also be down to help out. Um, yeah, I know like across the country, I know there's one school in the Northeast. I can't remember if it was Liberty or who it was, but they have like actually a paintball like field on campus because uh, the like the I guess the president of that private school, like his his son was playing paintball. And so he had a field built right there on campus. I think I've heard of one that had a field on campus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure there's a few stories like that around the country. So it, it would be cool to see it kind of, you know, get kickstarted up again. Uh, so let's see. We've got some questions in the chat. Let's go ahead and go through them now. Um, so this question was, 
Uh, let's see. One question from BEM Raps. He asks, uh, uh, kind of the same question that I did before. Do you uh, have any students that you, maybe you, like you introduced them to the sport for the first time and then they kept it going? I'm not sure how many of my students have continued. Some of them have gone on and they play on the A&M team. And so maybe, you know, now that it's building back up, maybe from A&M they graduate and then they move um, back home or to another city and they continue and they keep playing. So um, maybe hopefully we'll see more Aggies. We have a lot of Aggies playing, so maybe we'll see more Aggies. All right. That would be cool. Uh, so this question is from uh, Papa Sash, uh, Sasha on the Dragoons team down here in San Antonio. Uh, his question is, does your department look into the sports management side of paintball, i.e. operating fields, running competitive teams, things like that? Not paintball specifically, but we do have one of the top sport management programs in the country. And so if students were interested, they could, that could be something they do. I do know that um, one of the classes, I've been talking to one of the professors about um, uh, developing a marketing plan uh, for one of the camps that I run, not paintball related, but um, they have to do a, uh, like a capstone project. Uh, they have to do a project in that class. And so um, if you are a paintball player and interested in sport management, that could be a great project to look into, you know, do a SWOT analysis on a, an event or a, a field or maybe just the team itself. Um, so, uh, definitely opportunity there. Cool. Uh, so one more question also from Sasha. Yes. Um, like what are some of the different techniques that you have looked at? I know that, uh, back when we were talking about like, uh, how you teach snap shooting to the class, you like, there's an old school versus kind of the evolution of, uh, of the technique. So do you have like any specific approaches like, American versus Russian style, et cetera. What's interesting is that um, my master's degree is in education. And so um, growing up doing judo, playing paintball, if someone showed me something, especially in judo, it's like, here's how to do it. And then I could just do it. It wasn't until I started um, teaching more that I had to realize, oh, you know, not everybody gets it the same way. And so you know, I would like, teach a judo technique and then someone's like oh well, what are you doing with your hands i'm like i don't know just do it and same thing you know with paintball um no one really at growing up didn't have as, as many resources and so you know can you just when you say do it like this and then you would do it like this or you would just watch somebody it's like oh that's how they do it let me let me do it like that and now you see you can kind of understand you know some people need, need different explanations and you need to be more specific and so um you know, teaching paintball, you can try to think about all of these steps, having other players, NTAs like Ryan and Devin, um, be able to show it or talk about it. I always ask them, you know, what else do you have to add? You know, what else can we think about? Um, I think, you know, and same thing when I, when I was playing with, you know, Fuzzy, he, um, I remember seeing him teach snap shooting to a group of kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I never really taught it to somebody I would maybe show it but never taught it and the way he explained it's really the way that I teach it now um, and it, you can kind of see I can see his evolution of snap shooting it's a little bit more newer school um, where I'm older school kind of I think um, for me personally watching like Greenspan snap shoot he seems more older school and then there's a video that I know I post on my class it's on YouTube um, of um, Justin Rabikoff snap shooting his you know, you hold this tank a little higher, more rollout, um, the newer school 
um, style of snap shooting. The newer school way of holding your gun, too, it's a little higher. Yeah. I can remember playing against, um, you know, back when I played, uh, if you're in the amateur division, you used to play a couple pro teams, and the pro teams would mm. play a couple amateur divisions. And I remember when the Russians were, you know, they were coming out, you know, they're training all the time. We played them one time, and someone, one of the guys, one of the Russians snapshot at me, and it was so fast, and you're thinking, man, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Sasha's saying he'd uh, he'd love to get the link to that video. So I uh, I think to the one of uh, Ryan Greenspan. So Daniel, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can get that link from you so I can send it to him. Um, most of you know most of the videos, you know, just googling or if I see it on Facebook or some they post it on YouTube and um, so there's a you know I know Ryan teaches a lot of clinics and sometimes he'll mm -hmm. post videos and then um, somewhere on YouTube I saw one of J Rab shooting and that was interesting and you can see the difference in those two yeah i wonder fun. how how much of that is based on like equipment differences from when they started learning i mean like you don't have drop forwards anymore you don't have these massive tanks and these super huge like tall hoppers and uh like the stack tubes all that it's it the, all the gear mm -hmm. is so much more compact now so i'm sure the techniques have changed along with that oh yeah you see the technique change that's kind of the fun thing if you watch all the video the technique changes and um, you know, especially moving towards, you know, electro guns and how it changed and then, you know, it became commonplace and, so, you know, watch some of the older videos where they're like laning, but their gun is way low. They're like mostly hip shooting and then you try it, but then maybe it's not the best way to do it. And somebody else teaches it a different way and you pick up that video and kind of like, um, I think Ryan Brown was talking about, you know, they would do something one way and then everyone would see it and they'd everyone you know tries to do it the same way same thing yeah it's it's interesting so i'm also a teacher i teach uh elementary music uh so there's a i mean just that thing about hey not everybody learns it the same way you have to really think of multiple ways to approach it so that they can like the student can understand in their own way uh and there's a lot of things like that go into into playing paintball a lot of tiny mechanics and also with the like especially the communication aspect there's just so many things that go in and uh we were going over like our list with uh um like our list of calls and uh like situational things like that and eventually it was just like holy smokes there's so many different things but like you use all of them and uh so there's there's a lot to learn. It's it's crazy how complicated and like intricate the the sport of paintball can be whenever you start like really getting into the details. Uh, I teach pre K all the way up to fifth grade, so ages four to eleven. When I um I graduated college, I went um, you know I moved back to Houston. I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. I worked. Um, in the paintball industry, I worked for uh, Archon Paintball for a while. Um, then, um, like, 06, probably 06 or 07, um, I had really retired from judo. Um, and then my, uh, my old coach from A&M called me up and said, hey, they're holding nationals, U.S. nationals in Houston. You're already there. You should, you should try it just because. And I said, well, you know, I haven't really trained. I'm a weight division up. Um, and so I did it, and I competed. I beat the number one guy, took a bronze medal, and so that I kind of decided 
um, okay, we'll go for the 08 Olympics. And so I went to the 08 Olympic trials. I didn't make the Olympic team, but you know, I got fairly close. Um, but during that time when I was training, I came back to school. As a, uh, right before I was a grad student, I was a substitute teacher, which helped me um, train and travel for judo. Um, and, but it also helped me realize that uh, I want to teach, but not kids. I don't want to do kids because um, I want to teach adults. <laughs> yeah. So good for you for teaching kids. Elementary yeah. wasn't too bad, but. Yeah, it's 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 an uh, interesting landscape. I'll I'll just leave it at that. But the landscape now, especially post COVID, is uh, different. Let's say that. Uh, so uh, we're pretty much toward the end of our show. Um, so this last question right here is brought to us by Get That Shot, who is a NXL Pro Media guy. Uh, message Get That Underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at uh, the BunkerFest series or at NXL. He will be at uh, the full series for both BunkerFest and NXL this year. So are there any uh, anybody in paintball based in Texas? So either teams, players, brands, projects, fields, tournament series, uh, you know, soft goods companies could be anybody as long as they're based in Texas that has caught your attention lately. So who uh, involved in paintball in Texas deserves more recognition? I do have to shout out Ryan at Zoom's Paintball here in College Station. He's the only field uh, here. There used to be an older field here before he started, but he's the one that um, really helped us get the, the class started. He helps us with the equipment and the, uh, the field. He's got a good field. He's, you know, he keeps working on it. So he went from, you know, a normal grass field to he puts down some turf. He'll uh, upgrade the bunkers, takes care of the, the markers and all of that. And so Without him, it would be we wouldn't really have a class because we wouldn't have anywhere to do it. So definitely him. Um, you know, John down at Pro Edge, he always does great stuff. I'm glad to see him doing well and um, selling stuff. Um, even guys up in um, you know Dallas, uh, Jed with Cousins Paintball, he's always helped me out as well. When I was training for the Olympics, he was one of the first guys when I was uh, looking for donations to be able to train. He donated right away, and so. Um, I've tried to help him out. I haven't seen Jed in a while, but I tried to help him out. Uh, Ryan did my, I don't play a lot, but uh, Ryan Hall at Arc Anodizing, he did my gun for me. Um, I do, I've been playing more mechanical lately because it's been a lot of fun. I play against my students, and so they're shooting mechanicals mostly, and so I get to shoot mechanicals. He did a, a good job on that. Um, so hopefully we get to shout out some more Aggies as they come up the ranks as well. For sure. I, I did have one more question that kind of popped up into my head as you were like talking about the uh, mechanical stuff that your students are using. So what like what is the equipment or look like for either your class? Like what what all are they bringing or what all are you using to teach? Use uh, Emacs. They're great. We um, have to do a lot to them. You you know you shoot them, they work. Much with me too. I don't you know I haven't. Um, I'm not playing a whole lot anymore. I haven't really worried about um, a lot of maintenance. I just go out and shoot. I don't worry about it. I don't have to clean it a whole lot. It works really great. So Emacs with the PAL system uh, works well. Um, we shoot GI uh, at the field. The paint shoots well. Um, some guys bring their own equipment, and they can use it for class. We just make sure they, they can bring it down mm -hmm. like 5.5 balls a second. Yeah, so that's... I would have loved to uh, been able to use some of my scholarship money meant for textbooks on like new masks or equipment or anything like that. That would have been 
that would have been fun. Uh, but yeah, Emacs are awesome. I love them. They're probably the, I think the single greatest thing that has happened to paintball in the last 10 years, as far as bringing in new people. That's great. You know, you don't, they don't get dirty because they're closed. Don't have, um, we do have some chronicists too, which Titman's have been around forever. They work great. Um, but mostly it's all, it's all Emacs and they're, they're, they're shooting there. And some of them are, um, years old now and they're still going. Cool. All right, so uh, this final thing is brought to us by Compete, which is Jell Stewart's uh, brand up at uh, Paintball Fit in Dallas. Uh, message them on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So do you have any last shout-outs or things you'd like to say before you sign off? I do love seeing that the, you know, the NXL has brought the, the pro women's league, and so I do have more and more women that sign up for my classes. And so I try to you know, show them videos and say, hey, you know, um, a lot more women are playing. Now they're playing pro. Uh, Haley down in Houston, her brother actually plays for the band here at A&M. So I keep, tell, I keep, I keep uh, mentioning, uh, especially to John, I'm like, hey, you know, next time you see her, let's see if we can get her up to uh, play with us, talk to us, um, do a clinic for us. I'd love to see something like that as well. Um, and you know, me just being a fan, now I get to be just a fan. So I get to watch. I get to... Um, try to find people to talk about paintball, but there's not many around here. And so I, I usually end up texting people. Right. Yeah. I know about Haley's brothers in the band. I think Haley's now a student at A&M as well. So, uh, I wasn't sure if you were going to A&M or if she was going to school down in Houston. I don't I've met her. I don't personally know her. And so I met her dad. We mm-hmm. talked, I talked to her dad for a little while. Um, but, um, yeah, if she comes to A&M, I'd love to have her out for, if she listens to this. Haley, come on out. Mm. Uh, it looks like she's at the uh, U of H, uh, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's I knew her. Gotcha. So yeah, that pretty much does it for sh- our show. Thank you so much for your time, Daniel, and everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Texas A&M Paintball. That's, this is their club team at T-A-M-U Paintball Official on Instagram. I know the new club team uh, created a new Instagram different from the one that they were using before uh, the team kind of uh, went away and then came back and then also follow uh, Daniel uh, at Tamu Judo on Instagram. Uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on twitch.tv slash in the pits paintball podcasts and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts and Spotify the next day. I want to give a quick shout out to my partners and sponsors, FU Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, and Hustletown Paintball. We will see all of you next week for episode 33. Stay tuned on social media for the February schedule. I'll give you a sneak peek of uh, who we're going to have next week, though. This uh, man may have just made a lot of... uh, a lot of splashes in the NXL with his team. I'll, I'll give you that as a hint for who we have next week. So, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. 